Welcome to the Life in Focus podcast, brought to you through Rogers Research Global with your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Marie Rogers. Hello and welcome to today's episode. This is Your Life in Focus. Here in the U.S., February is Heart Health Month, and since we're still in February as I'm recording this podcast, I'd like to take advantage of this and share some important information with you. Keeping in mind that taking care of our hearts is a year-round commitment and not just something that we do during February. The material I'm bringing to you today can be found in my Life in Focus blog titled The Mindful Care of Your Heart, How Mindfulness Meditation and Yoga Can Protect Your Cardiovascular System. And as you can tell from the title, I will be discussing heart health from the perspective of mindfulness and yoga and the role they play in our health. Here are some current statistics from the CDC regarding heart disease in the United States. Heart disease is and continues to be the leading cause of death for both men and for women. One person dies every 33 seconds in the U.S. from cardiovascular disease. And the World Health Organization's most recent statistics reveal that cardiovascular disease continue to be the leading cause of death globally affecting approximately 17.9 million lives annually. Cardiovascular diseases comprise a group of disorders affecting the heart and blood vessels. More than 80% of these deaths are due to heart attacks and strokes, and an estimated 33% occur in individuals under the age of 70. These are staggering numbers. Despite significant advancements in pharmacological intervention, cardiovascular diseases continue to be a major medical challenge. Enormous attention has been applied to research with the hopes of obtaining new and efficient tools for diagnosis and for treatment. While genetics play a role in heart disease, incorporating heart-healthy habits into your life can mitigate these factors. When blood pressure and blood glucose, cortisol, and stress levels are appropriately managed, the risk decreases significantly. Appropriately identifying those at highest risk for heart disease and providing resources and treatment can notably prevent or reduce premature deaths. So what are these risk factors? An unhealthy diet, physical inactivity, tobacco use, heavy drinking, and stress. Whereas we're all familiar with the role genes play in our health, we must also pay respect to the role behaviors and our environment affect our overall well-being. Acts of self-care affect how our bodies react to potential health threats. So with that in mind, let's bring mindfulness to the problems that can lead to heart disease. First, hypertension. Hypertension or high blood pressure is a key precursor of heart disease and stroke. High blood pressure can damage your arteries, which are the blood vessels that carry oxygen-rich blood away from your heart for delivery to every part of your body, making them less elastic. This results in a decreased blood flow and oxygen to your heart. Decreased blood flow can cause chest pain, also known as angina. Blood pressure, which can change and fluctuate through the course of your day, drops when there is less tension on the heart and arteries and can dramatically spike during an anxiety episode. Deep breathing helps when experiencing an anxiety spike. Before moving on with the other risk factors, let's take a moment here and spend some time on yoga's most popular type of breathing technique, which is referred to as the ujjayi, 
or the ocean breath. Accessing this breath can occur from a seated or a standing position. In meditation or within the meditative and sequence movements of a physically active yoga practice, also known as an asana. The Ujjayi breath soothes the nervous system and calms the mind. To access this breath, begin by breathing naturally for a few cycles. When ready, seal your lips and breathe in and out through your nose. Inhale to contract the diaphragm to create space for your lungs to expand. And when you inhale, relax the diaphragm and gently push the air from your lungs. Think in terms of fogging a mirror. Slowly and mindfully begin to lengthen each inhale and exhale to a count of four. To further elongate the breath, Bring your awareness to the back of your throat muscles and constrict them in order to hear a soft roar, such as the sound of the ocean's waves crashing. If you lose your Ujjayi breath, just simply and without judgment, return to it. If you scroll through the Life and Focus blog, you will find several articles on breath work. The one I encourage you to visit is Pranayama, Harness the power of breath to energize your health, mood, and outlook. Now, back to the risk factors. We just discussed hypertension. The next one is blood glucose. Blood glucose, also known as blood sugar, can damage your blood vessels and the nerves that control your heart and these vessels. Excess blood sugar decreases the elasticity of blood vessels, which will cause them to narrow, resulting in the hindrance of blood flow. This in turn can give rise to hypertension and over time lead to heart disease. When cortisol, which will be described next, and adrenaline levels are stabilized, among other factors, blood sugar levels generally improve. The next risk factor, cortisol. Cortisol, an essential hormone produced by your adrenal glands sitting atop your kidneys, affects almost every organ and tissue in your body, and it regulates your stress response. It helps manage several important functions, such as keeping levels of inflammation down, regulating blood pressure and blood sugar levels, and controlling your sleep-wake cycle. It also plays a role in how your body uses nutrients. Balancing this hormone is key to energy and healthy living. Cortisol levels rise when pressure or tension is perceived, and they naturally rebalance when you're no longer feeling stressed. However, what happens when the stress is protracted, when there's no end in sight? Unfortunately, the answer here is not good. Our sympathetic nervous system is responsible for keeping us alert in case of danger, and it was only meant to be engaged for a brief period of time. It's a protective mechanism. Following a brief period of stress, the body will naturally return to homeostasis. The heart rate slows down, the muscles relax, and breathing returns to normal. It is the heaviness of chronic stress that increases the likelihood of poor health. Typically, this turns into lowered levels of immune and cognitive functioning, mixed with higher levels of fatigue, lethargy, and joylessness. As I have just mentioned, going into the sympathetic nervous system, chronic stress is a major risk factor. 
Many individuals are overworked, overscheduled, and overstimulated. We have become mass consumers of distressing news and are chronically living with a sense of burdensome deadlines and urgency. An offshoot of chronic stress is the eventual feeling of burnout. The coining of the term burnout from a clinical perspective is largely attributed to American psychologist Herbert Freudenberger, who in 1974 described it as the outcome of severe stress in helping professionals. Over time, the term burnout has generalized to other professions and is no longer restricted to those in the healing arts. Employees at all levels and across domains are reporting feeling on edge. Burnout results in feelings of energy exhaustion, workplace disconnection, and reduced productivity. Without a self-care practice in place, our life can quickly become scattered and feel out of control. In a society in which heavy emphasis is placed on productivity, self-care often falls to the wayside. By carving out time to engage in self-care, you will relieve the day-to-day pressures of life and help rebalance yourself back to health vitality, and energy. Your heart is highly dependent on your self-care practice. What's good for the mind also tends to be good for the heart. Anything you do to keep yourself healthy and energized is self-care. So what can we do? In recent times, the popularity of the terms alternative and complementary medicine has increased. While alternative describes a treatment or intervention used in lieu of conventional medicine, complementary is designated for treatments or interventions that are used in conjunction with standard medical care. Such treatments can include, but they're certainly not limited to the following. Acupuncture, chiropractic, hypnosis, aromatherapy, herbal remedies, breath work, as we had discussed with the Ujjayi or ocean breath, massage, music therapy, and yoga. So what is the prescription? Moving toward a calmer way of being. We often hear of the benefits of a balanced diet and exercise as healthy habits towards strengthening our cardiovascular system. However, and although it's gaining support, we don't hear enough from our healthcare professionals about a mindfulness practice. This includes meditation and yoga as significant contributors to not only heart health, but overall health and immune functioning. The good news is that there has been a recent shift among cardiologists and other health professionals about expressing to their patients the importance of mindfulness and yoga and their benefits. Mindfulness is the act of paying attention to the present moment with a non-judgmental attitude. Basically, mindfulness is the human ability to become fully present without feelings of overwhelm or overreactivity. In our busy worlds where multitasking has become synonymous with efficiency and productivity, we find ourselves buried under the pressure of a never-ending to-do list. This creates a dysregulated and unbalanced life. The enigmatic practice of meditation rooted deeply in cultural and spiritual history as a pathway toward enlightenment has found itself in modern times more commonly used to manage stress and to bring about the relaxation response. When we hear meditation, we often 
also hear the name of its partner, mindfulness. Whereas meditation is a system intended to bring about a heightened state of awareness and focused attention, the latter describes a specific manner of living that is cultivated through this system. Meditation is a process that allows you to slow down, to go inwardly, accessing deeper insights. In contrast to a timeout, I'd like to think of it as more of a time in. There is less of an emphasis on tomorrow, the next day, or later in the day. And as Ram Das stated, be here now. Meditation is the training technique to cultivate mindfulness. Periodically throughout the day, pausing and conducting a mini check-in is advised. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, taking a moment, pausing, and asking questions such as these can be incredibly helpful in connecting you with your body and with your day. So these are some questions that I encourage you to ask. How connected do I feel to this present activity? Is what I'm doing now energizing me or depleting me of my energy? How do I feel right now? When I listen to my body, what is it communicating to me? What has my attention at this time? What is the rhythm of my life right now? Does it feel right? Does it feel like I'm moving too fast or too slow? So getting started, the basics of a meditation practice. Starting a meditation practice does not have to be complicated. A quiet place and a comfortable seat are all you need to begin. If you carve out just 10 minutes per day, you are going to reap extraordinary rewards. Sit or lie comfortably. Focus your attention on your breath and how your body moves with each inhalation and exhalation. Breathe naturally. Notice when your mind and thoughts wander and bring your attention back to your breath. This is optional, but I like to use essential oils. Adding an essential oil, such as lavender, could help facilitate relaxation. Yoga and your heart Health, yoga, a deeply rooted healing practice emphasizing the mind-body connection, incorporating postures, breathing, and meditation, originated thousands of years ago in India, and it is ironic that its healing effect is considered New Age, when it has historically been an interconnected philosophical system aimed at balancing and harmonizing the mind and the body. The physical practice of yoga can be viewed as a moving meditation, connecting each breath with movement. The degree of movement and its pace will depend on the type of yoga practice. Pranayama is the formal practice of managing the breath in yoga, and a steady, rhythmic breath is central to a yoga practice. Whether participating in a slower flow or one that is more upbeat and fast-paced, 
The breath is key in the flow of movement. Also, a faster, more physically demanding yoga class, such as a power yoga class, meets the exercise criterion, therefore checking off two self-care activities within one session. The recommended time dedicated to exercise for overall health is 150 minutes per week. Exercise is medicine. Yoga is medicine. Its consistent practice yields compounding results, meaning each and every time you participate in this moving meditation, you're decreasing the negative effects of stress. Using magnetic resonance spectroscopic imaging, researchers at Boston University School of Medicine found that practicing yoga may elevate GABA levels. Why is this important? Because GABA is a natural brain relaxant that helps you feel good. Higher levels translate into elevated feelings of calm within your body. This calming effect is good for your heart. Yoga, a fairly inexpensive and easily accessible intervention with many benefits and few, if any, side effects if you practice it responsibly, has been shown to promote good health in as little as a few hours per week. Whether practiced privately or within a group setting, in studio or online, yoga's popularity has made it increasingly available. While science has documented the benefits of yoga, it should not be used as a substitute or replacement for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Here are just a few of yoga's benefits. One, it increases blood flow and lung function. Two, it increases energy and brain function. Three, it improves posture, balance, flexibility, and muscle strength. Four, it boosts metabolism and it lowers insulin. Five, it lowers blood pressure. Six, it lowers stress level. Seven, it relieves and reduces pain. Eight, it improves immune function. Nine, it inspires self-awareness and psychological and spiritual growth. Ten, it improves sleep. And eleven, it improves mood, self-esteem, and outlook. So let me wrap with what I believe is the best prescription for health. Exercise, connect with nature, embrace gratitude, connect with others, meditate, eat a heart-healthy diet, get restorative sleep, find your joy, manage your stress level, and strike a yoga pose. And be mindful of what's good for the mind also tends to be good for the heart, Anything you do to keep yourself healthy and energized is self-care. Now go engage in your world. The information presented is intended for general knowledge and is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. As with most things in life, there isn't a magic pill or cure-all, but there are strategies to help regain control of your life. If you'd like to read or learn more about today's and other related topics, please visit drmarierogers.blogspot.com. Dr. Rogers' Life in Focus, a self-discovery journal for powerful transformation, is currently available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and bookbaby.com.